I confess, I broke his dick, then offered him popsicle sticks to repair it. (laughs) Kind of MacGyver that situation. Because what else can you do? Sex. Almost everybody does it, and almost nobody talks about it. Except at Bedpost Confessions, a live storytelling series based in Austin, Texas. Whether the performers are funny, informative, political, or completely personal, the anonymous confessions from the audience are the stars of every show. Stories heard at Bedpost Confessions explore themes of sexuality, gender identity, dating, marriage, masturbation, breakups, health and wellness, and more. Whether the story is hysterical or downright emotionally raw, we hope Bedpost Confessions will either spark a fantasy or start a conversation. Maybe even both. He wraps his jacket around my shoulders after our date to block me from the cold. I blush. I could get used to this. We met through mutual friends at a Beyonce music video party on my birthday. (laughs) He was funny and charming, and I was instantly taken by him. A few months later, we ran into each other again and decided to meet for a drink. It turned out that we lived really close to each other, so we saw each other often. We shared, we bonded over our shared interest in art, movies, and storytelling. We watched Parks and Rec, and he spoiled me with delicious home-cooked meals. Mm-hmm. But now we're about three weeks in, and that's when it usually falls apart. <laughs> Our bellies full of Thai food and frozen yogurt, we return to my apartment, and he kisses me hard and leads me to my bedroom, never letting me come up for air, and I don't want him to. The weight of his body makes me weak. His mouth is magic. My body wants more, but I know that I can't. I push his hands away every time they fall down to my belt. I need to take this slower, I tell him. He nods and backs off. A few minutes later, he unzips my pants and slips his hands inside. Stop, 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 I beg. I push him off me, sit up, and take a deep breath. Here it goes. I have pelvic floor dysfunction, a condition called vaginismus where the muscles in and around my vagina involuntarily contract and spasm, causing extreme pain and difficulty with penetration. While some can't get it up, I can't get it in. He asks, so have you ever had sex before? I say, no, at least not in the penis-vagina way. I tell him about pelvic floor physical therapy and how sex isn't impossible indefinitely, it just is for right now. Well, he pauses, I think you're cute and smart and funny and I want to see where this goes. Finally, someone likes me as a whole person and not just the functionality of one body part. I didn't think anyone ever would. I'm in my mid-twenties and have never been in a relationship, fallen in love, or had sex. Everyone tells me that I'll find someone that the right person will understand, but no one I've ever dated up to this point has shown me acceptance or even just an ounce of empathy. I call it my third week curse because I'm always dumped on the third Sunday of seeing someone. It's about 
that time where I can't play defense anymore and I'm forced to tell them about my condition. And guys aren't really nice when you tell them that you can't have sex. One left my apartment, promised to call me, never spoke to me again. Another laughed in my face. But now he's given me a glimmer of a hope that I could be someone's girlfriend. Maybe I am capable of being attractive, chosen, loved. The next day, my phone lights up from a text and my stomach flips. He wrote, I've been thinking about what you shared with me the other night, and I think it's more than I'm ready for in a relationship. Sex is too important to me. A tingling sensation ripples from my face to my feet, tickling every cell. I've come to expect rejection, and yet I can't condition myself for it. It hurts every time. Why did I ever think someone could like me enough to see past this? Why would someone want to date someone who can't have sex? I have to get out of my apartment where just hours before he was still smitten with me. I don't know what to do with myself, but I can't be stagnant. I need forward motion. So I grab my keys and rush out the door. He clearly had not considered how important sex is to me. For seven years, I went to countless doctors who couldn't tell me what I had or how to fix it. For the past year, I've gone to pelvic floor physical therapy every single week. Every day for 30 minutes, I insert dilators into my vagina, moving them in and out, side to side, up and down. I've changed the way I sit, stand, breathe, and exercise. No one is working harder to have sex than I am. I walk down Guadalupe Street. It's a warm winter day. Hyde Park buzzes with people gathering for the Super Bowl. I watch them through the windows resentfully as they eat and drink and enjoy the game. They've probably never heard of pelvic pain, pelvic floor dysfunction, or vaginismus. They probably have beautifully loose vaginas that yield great sex. <laughs> OBGYNs try to tell me that it's all in my head. But the thing about pain is that it's both interior and exterior, simultaneously physical, emotional, and mental. We try so hard to define the line between the sources of our pain, but we can't separate them. It's not either or. Our brains, hearts, souls, bodies, they have to exist with each other. They affect each other, influence each other, shape each other. I turn left on 39th Street and walk along the old crappy apartment building saturated with college students. They're losing their minds over the release of Beyonce's Formation music video. <laughs> I'll always envy Beyonce's confidence. She owns her body and sexuality and the way people desire her. Meanwhile, my sexuality is a complete mystery to me. Doctors tell me that my vagina will get better the more I use it but that would require someone coming into the picture and be willing to have sex with me despite my vaginismus. And I know all the feminist literature will tell me that I don't need a man to explore my sexuality, that there are ways I can do it on my own. But for my entire life, my vagina has been the greatest source of pain I've ever experienced. I can't imagine it 
ever feeling good, let alone tolerable. I own a vibrator, but to me it's a medical instrument. It's the tool that warms me up enough to be able to insert a dilator. For me, sex isn't about pleasure, it's about intimacy. I don't care if I go my whole life without ever achieving orgasm. I just want to be able to do it. I just want to be able to share that connection with someone who I care about. I head north on Avenue B. The cars lined up along the wide streets have Bernie and Hillary stickers stuck to their bumpers. The home's paint colors get even more funky and the lawn's more overgrown. It's hard to be sad in a place like Austin. It's always washed in color and sunshine, even when guys break your heart. And I should know, because a lot of guys have broken my heart here. I'm sick of my physical therapist asking me to rate the pain as she moves her fingers inside me at different positions. I'm sick of my body not being able to do what I want it to do. I'm sick of asking myself, when will it be my turn? I'm sick of feeling broken. I hate my vagina. I want to rip it apart and cut it open. I want a scar, an external marker, so that the pain can be something people can see, something that people can understand. I hit 45th Street and run back home, frantic, manic, desperate. I've been angry before at other guys, my body, doctors, at Shonda Rhimes shows for making sex look easy, fast, and fun. <laughs> but this time, I'm absolutely furious. He's given me the reaction I had always hoped for, compassion and acceptance, only to take it all back. I take a pair of scissors to my vulva to watch it bleed, release, unravel, and loosen. But my muscles are still tight. I can't reach the pain. I know better than to text him back, but I write, it sounds like you've made up your mind. I don't understand why you thought it was okay to text me that, though. He says, I honestly didn't think it was okay, but it needed to be said. And I guess it's pretty embarrassing on my part to end something with someone just because of sex. Anyway, I'm sorry it's not going to work out. I know better than to text him back, but <laughs> I can't let it go. So I keep pushing him. He says a lot of dumb things, but the one that really made my blood boil was when he blames me for telling him at an inconvenient moment because he was enjoying hooking up with me and wasn't thinking clearly. But when is the best time to tell someone something like that? Something that's so personal and intimate and something that is going to be completely foreign to them. When he asks you out on your first date, there's no instruction manual. There are no tips for this in Cosmo like there are for giving a better blowjob. And the fact is, when he said I was too much for him, what he meant was that I wasn't enough. I didn't meet his expectations, and he could jump on Tinder and swipe right on any girl who is ready and able, and good for them. I wish I could. And what I'm realizing more and more is that he wasn't enough for me. Be <laughs> he clearly couldn't see that there was more to me than my vagina, and that I'm worth a little patience. So for now, my journey is still just my own.
Thank you. Bedpost Confessions is produced by Julie Gillis, Mia Martina, and Sadie Smythe. Audio production is by Ian Danskin. You don't have to attend a show to confess. With our confession scroller, you can confess with us anytime on our site at bedpostconfessions.com. Also pick up a copy of our anthology, Bedpost Confessions, Real Sex, Real People, Real Stories, which features 35 stories and hundreds of audience confessions. Bedpost Confessions, the anthology, found on Amazon in print and ebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and if you have a sec, please help bring Bedpost Confessions to more people by rating the podcast. You know how it works. More ratings and reviews equals higher podcast ranking equals more confessions. Thanks for your support, and until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess, I have herpes. I tell everyone. It is nerve-wracking, and to this day, I have always been accepted and fucked properly. Y'all got this? Just be honest. Very good. That's really a great example. I confess, I was inexperienced in college, so when she asked me in the middle of sex to blow all over her, I put my lips together in blue. (laughs) Hot air on her. I think she said no, blow your cum all over me. So being a gentleman, I pulled off my condom and obliged the young lady. (laughs) Now that is consent. (laughs) I confess, we host orgies now. That's a thing that we do. (laughs) It turns out we're pretty damn good at it. (laughs) Those are your confessions, guys. Thank you. <laughs>